Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. I woke up to the morning sky first. Oh, yes, sir. And yes, ma'am, you had better. Let's get them up, get them going. It is Hook Em Up with Ian Rod B on a Thursday. 22 February, and a lot to dive into one day after uh, approving a 12-team college football playoff. The leaders of college football talking already about a 14-team college football playoff. We'll get you details. Having meetings up in Dallas. So we've got plenty of college football to talk about. Longhorns making another addition to their coaching staff. It's a, re- it's a reunion on the 40 acres. We'll tell you about that coming up. We've got the NBA returning from its all-star break. We've got college hoops to discuss. And a lot to get to. NFL offseason continues. We'll get to all of it over the next five hours. And we appreciate you being there. However you find us each and every morning. Can't thank you enough for that. Might be on 1019 FM. Could be AM 1260. And always streaming for you. We're live, local, and digital right there on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Send that Horn app to a friend. Uh, share it uh, along. It's easy to do. And let them know with the touch of a button. You can be listening to... Uh, on your smartphone there. You can be listening to Hook Em Up with Ian Rod B every morning. All the shows here on the horn all day long. Appreciate you doing that as we get this thing cranked up. Uh, Rod Babers en route in commute to the South Austin Onion Creek compound. We'll be here when he arrives at 6.01 this morning. He's normally right on time. He said he had a little issue this morning. He'll be right here with us as soon as he can. Ty Henderson back at the horn headquarters as we crank this up on the 22nd of, uh, of February, as we mentioned, a Thursday. And it's going to be warm. Talk about spring-like conditions. Temperatures will approach 90 degrees today. It's already 66 degrees outside uh, one minute after the top of the hour. Uh, we will hit about 86, 87, maybe 88 degrees in some areas of Central Texas today. Uh, so, yes, absolutely spring-like conditions here in late February. That's 20 degrees warmer uh, than the uh, normal conditions for this late uh, February date. Uh, so enjoy that today as you're up and out. Wind will be up a little bit this morning. That's, that wind comes out of the south to the north as we get you, get you rolling this morning. A lot to dive into, as we say, and Rod will be here just as soon as he can arrive. He'll get you behind the burn orange curtain this hour. Also get some what the facts this hour. We've got a lot to talk about. Uh, back at the Horn headquarters, it's Ty Henderson. And, Ty, you say you are uh, not feeling great this morning. Is that right? No, I think I, uh, I was taking care of my girlfriend the past two days. Uh, she's not feeling too well, and I think I caught whatever she had just as she's getting oh, no. over it. So now I've, been, uh, I've been not feeling too hot the past right, 24 well. hours. Well, we're glad you're uh, gutting it out and uh, making it happen for us there in the Horn headquarters as we bring it to you live from the South Austin Onion Creek compound. Uh, we also have, uh, in addition to the other top stories we'll tell you about here in a moment, the uh, Johnny Manziel back in the news. Apparently Johnny Manziel jumped onto a podcast with uh, uh, Shannon Sharp in which he uh, made some pretty interesting allegations about his time at Texas A&M, Kevin Sumlin. Uh, the conversation there. We'll let you hear some of that coming up, uh, talking college football. Uh, but let's start as we do each hour. Actually, let's start by saying thank you to those who serve. Absolutely appreciate those who get up and out every morning like we come on the radio and talk sports. You get up and out and go defend us and uh, help us stay healthy. And uh, the first responders, the, the, uh, the, our military members out there, our certainly police force and uh, uh, peace officers, thank you so very much for what you do. School teachers, everybody that gets up and gets and uh, serves our community, we can't thank you enough on a day-by-day basis. We always invite you to uh, share a uh, shout out on our text line if you know someone who deserves a shout out pat on the back for doing what they do uh, to make our community safer and better we appreciate you doing that 447-3776 here on hook them up with Ian Rodby uh, just lock those in and we will shout them out for sure uh, in this first hour and throughout the show all the way to 11 o'clock this morning but uh, let's pivot to the headlines top stories to get you caught up on the news of the morning as you're up and out Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment bring you the top stories and starts with college football. Just a day after voting unanimously to approve a 12-team college football playoff for the 2024-2025 seasons yesterday, the idea of a 14-team college football playoff starting in 2026 was discussed at the ongoing CFP meetings in Dallas yesterday. CFP Executive Director Bill Hancock acknowledged the idea was discussed but declined to provide specific details, saying, quote, there is still work to be done. The CFP Management Committee, which is made up of the FBS commissioners and the Notre Dame Athletic Director, are pushing to finalize a deal to consummate a new television contract for the next eight years. Three lingering issues remain unresolved, access, distribution of money, and governance. Uh, Hancock said the issues need to be resolved within the next month. 
to move forward. To Texas football, just one, after just one season away from the 40 acres, Chris Gilbert is returning to Texas as a member of the head coach Dee Sarkeesian's support staff. Program announced late yesterday that their former director of high school relations will return to serve as a special assistant to the head coach. Gilbert left Texas following the 2022 regular season to accept an on-field position as a tight ends coach under newly hired North Texas head coach Eric Morris. Longhorns will open spring practice March 19th for the first of 15 sessions. Spring game set for April the 20th. Texas basketball last night. Fifth-ranked Texas women ran their win streak to seven with a 77-72 win over Texas Tech at Moody Center last night. Amina Muhammad and Taylor Jones combined to score 35. Win keeps the Longhorns in second place and a tie with Kansas State in the Big 12 standings at 12-3. Those two are game back of first place. Oklahoma with three regular season games to go for the Longhorns. One of those games is against Oklahoma up on Norman. That'll be a big one. After spending the first two weeks of the season uh, on the road, the second-ranked Texas women's softball team played their home opener of McCombs Field last night. First home cooking, and they promptly posted their fifth run rule victory of their first eight games. 14-1 win over Houston Christian last night at McCombs. 8-0 Longhorns will now host the Lone Star Invitational this weekend. It features Louisiana, Colorado State, and 12th-ranked Stanford as well as the Longhorns. After their six-day All-Star break, NBA returns to action tonight with a full slate, including the Texas Trio. Mavericks will host Phoenix tonight. Houston's in New Orleans, and the Spurs continue that rodeo road trip. They are in Sacramento to win soccer. The 2024 MLS season opened last night in South Florida, where Lionel Messi set up a pair of goals, had an assist to lead Inter-Miami to a 2-0 win over Real Salt Lake. Austin FC will open up their fourth season in the capital city tomorrow night when they host Minnesota United at Q2 Stadium. Horn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. A new year and a new store. Come see our new beauty location at 200 Trademark Drive to rent, buy, or repair any construction and lawn equipment you need. Topgun.net. We'll shoot you straight. All right, as we mentioned, Rod is in commute. We'll be here uh, just as soon as he can to join the, uh, the hook-em-up conversation and uh, hopefully here in this first hour and get you behind the burnt orange curtain. We will talk Texas football. Uh, interesting that Chris Gilbert uh, uh, is back already for Texas. Uh, that, that, was, that was quick. Uh, Chris Gilbert, of course, one of the first hires for Steve Sarkeesian when he got here, uh, really trying to build that pipeline into the Metroplex. And uh, Chris Gilbert was, was integral in that. He was the director of high school relations for the first few years under for, for Steve Sarkeesian and this staff. Uh, he's a South Oak Cliff graduate and uh, was a high school coach, of course, up there. Um, and, and Sark plucked him to help you know, build that bridge into the Metroplex. And it really has paid huge dividends on the recruiting trail for Texas and building that pipeline into one of the most fertile recruiting grounds in the country. Uh, so, no, but he's coming back. He went to North Texas for an on-field role for a year with Eric Morris up there in Denton, but uh, is coming back to be the uh, special assistant to head coach Steve Sarkeesian uh, just uh, earlier this month at his press conference on what was National Signing Day. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian uh, continued to speak about how important Chris Gilbert was uh, to the program, which maybe foreshadowed uh, what came down last night. There was a tweet from the Texas football program. Welcome back to the 40, Chris Gilbert, is what they posted. There's a picture of him uh, officially rejoining the Longhorns. So, uh, so we'll have more on that coming up. Uh, uh, Rod will have more um, in behind the burn orange curtain this morning. So that is done as the Longhorns continue their winter workouts and prep for their spring practice, which I mentioned is coming up about one month from now, uh, March 20th or March 19th is when that will open up. So we got Texas football on the brain. We have college football playoff on the brain. I know Rod and I talked about it yesterday, and Rod uh, accurately predicted that they're the – the 12-team playoff will grow pretty quickly. I was in disagreement on that, but Rod was at a point, spot on uh, that the 12-team playoff was uh, barely, barely even dry on the unanimous vote, and they're already talking about a 14-team playoff um, and possibly a 16-team playoff. And as I mentioned in the headlines, they're trying to get this thing put in place uh, and to, to sign a new eight-year TV contract is what they're trying to get done. So they, you know, the 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 12-team playoff that has been agreed to, the five plus seven model that we talked about so uh, in depth yesterday, with five, uh, you know, conference champions uh, automatically in, and then seven at-large teams uh, could grow. And uh, they're, they're trying to get this thing locked in for for an eight-year period, not just two. Uh, obviously for the TV deal and uh, the rights, but uh, that those are ongoing. But you know, essentially the way I see it, the 14 or read it, the 14-team playoff would be essentially the same thing, except you would have only two buys at the top, right? You'd have, you'd have the, the top two teams would have a week off, and then the rest would be playing in first-round action with six games, 14-team uh, playoff, which obviously had two more at-large bids. Um, I, I assume under the 14-team concept, the, the conference champions would remain the same, the five. Uh, they would just add two more, and then only two buys uh, in the first round, not four, would essentially be the apparatus. I'm not a thousand, hundred percent on that, but that's kind of how I read it. Um, 
Uh, would take the uh, the automatic bids from seven to nine, also the conference champions, and then just the two bids. So you'd have you know six games on that first weekend at home sites. And uh, you know, Ty, uh, fourteen sounds a lot like uh, uh, one National Football League playoff format, right? They've got seven in each conference, fourteen, and of course the winners play in the Super Bowl. This kind of sounds a lot more. Uh, fourteen is exactly the number the NFL goes with when they begin their tournament in January. Yeah, it just seems a little weird that they're already talking about it. What well, they said that was for twenty twenty six. That would, that yeah, and beyond. Like, they're trying to lock in an eight-year deal. I mean, beyond. So, for 2026 through 2034, essentially, would be the the, uh, the new deal. They may stay at 12, uh, but they are talking 14. Essentially, the uh, you know, this is the, the BCS, or the conference commissioners, and then Notre Dame's athletic director at a table, and uh, the idea was, let's put all our cards on the table. Let's uh, bring our best ideas. Let's discuss this thing through, and let's pick the best uh, before we send it to the TV uh, networks for bid, essentially, is what it is. You know, ESPN has the contract for the playoff um but you know there there could be an opening up if it, if it grows um so we'll, we'll see where it goes but uh, 12 for two years 2024 and 25 so this year will be 12 next year will be 12 the question is what happens beyond that do you stick at 12 or do you open it up uh to 14 or 16 um we'll see and as i say the 14 would essentially be um you know, just two more at large teams so a five just considered a five nine um five plus nine model not a five plus seven uh, but instead of four automatic bids at the top or automatic bye weeks for the conference champions, as we mentioned yesterday, under this uh, next two years uh, plan, the top four, com- the highest four ranked conference champions will have the week off in that first round of the playoff after championship Saturday uh, in middle December. Uh, this one would just add two more teams, essentially, and then just two buys. So there, the, the six teams, would there'd be six games on that first uh, weekend of the playoffs. So, and then quarterfinal, semifinal action in the college football championship. But those are being discussed up in the Metroplex. It's where they're meeting there in Dallas, uh, where they meet and gather right there by the airport there at DFW and uh, make these decisions. We'll take your thoughts on it at 447-3776 as we get this thing cranked up this morning. Uh, but that will be an ongoing conversation. It is interesting that uh, uh, Bill Hancock, the, the, uh, the commissioner, the executive director of the CFP, um, you know, said, you know, the, the, the time is an issue here. Uh, they're, they're trying to, Hancock said the issues need to be resolved within the next month. So the next 30 days, uh, they're trying to, to, you know, once all the cards are on the table, all the discussions being had, uh, they want to they send this thing off uh, to, to get this thing locked in for the next 10 years, essentially what they're trying to do, two years at 12, and then whatever they, they agree to, that's going to be the next eight years beyond that. Uh, would be the plan uh, and, you know, the, the ongoing conversation. So uh, your thoughts on that, four four seven three seven seven six. We will take them as we get it, get it uh, rolling this morning. Hey, uh, Ty, I wanted to play this too because I just uh, sent this to you on the, on the socials there. Uh, so the Texas women's basketball team last night got a big win. They, uh, well, not a big win. They actually didn't play very well, according to their head coach, Vic Schaefer. They beat Texas Tech 77-72. Uh, afterwards, Vic Schaefer was uh, pretty candid as usual. You know, his team had reeled off six consecutive wins since they lost to Oklahoma at the Moody Center. And if we remember, Vic Schaefer was not real happy with his basketball team after that. And uh, they've won six in a row. But uh, maybe, you know, got a little complacent, didn't play their best last night. And when, as he said, we're lucky to beat Texas Tech 77-72. Uh, let's hear a little bit from Vic Schaefer after the game. Uh, as we say, always candid, the head, co- head coach of the Texas women. They're in the top five in the country. But uh, the coach does not believe they brought their A game last night against Texas Tech. We're lucky. That's all I can tell you. We're lucky to get out of here um, with a win. There's nothing else to really explain it other than luck. Vic, you used the word luck a few times in your opening statement. Can you dive deeper into why you think luck played a factor for your team tonight? Yeah, I mean, we played a team that was tougher than us, played harder than us, um, you know, attacked better than us tonight. We won the game, um, but... Um, you know, we're lucky we aren't learning the hard lesson tonight with a loss. In my mind, we deserve to lose. We didn't honor the game tonight. We didn't play hard. We were out there playing cool, going half tail. You know, that's not us. That's not my teams. That's not how we practice or prepare. And um, it just, it really bothers me. In my mind, we didn't earn the victory tonight. I think everything that he's said is completely true. And I know that... last night, uh, lucky to win, as we say, always candid Vic. Um, kind of rattling his team a little bit. They won 77-72, but we're not the uh, the hardest-playing team on the floor last night. But they get the win. Uh, find a way. Kind of like the Texas men on Monday night, right? Didn't play great. Uh, wasn't pretty, but won the ball game. 
And uh, Texas women in a much different spot than Texas men. Texas men are trying to fight to make the tournament. Texas women are fighting to be one of the top seeds nationally, and that will take center stage coming up uh, over the next three games. They have three regular season games to go, including a tilt next week on the road in Oklahoma at Norman uh, to take on the uh, first-place Sooners. That becomes a monster game, and I can think you kind of hear it from Vic Schaefer. Hey, let's build towards this. We've got to get back to what we were doing. Can't be uh, you know, getting complacent on where we were just because Texas Tech was an under-500 basketball team coming in here. Uh, can't take them lightly for sure. So that went down last night. Also want to play this for you too, uh, Ty. Um, how about this? Now, I'm not sure why, um, you know, but uh, Johnny Manziel, Johnny Manziel back in the headlines, Ty, and uh, or putting himself, I should say, back in the headlines because he went on to uh, a podcast hosted by Shannon Sharp, uh, the former NFL tight end, Hall of Fame NFL tight end, uh, now working at ESPN, but also um, has his own podcast. And uh, let, let's hear some of this, Ty, because uh, Johnny Manziel – taking a walk down memory lane on what went on. This is some pretty uh, you know, bold assertions about what's going on within that program back in 2014. Uh, let's listen to Johnny Manziel as part of the Shannon Sharp podcast, talking about uh, his dad essentially is a, a lead character in this conversation, Kevin Sumlin in this conversation. Let's hear from Johnny Manziel, the former Heisman Trophy winner from Texas A&M. Relationship anymore, with him anymore. We'll reach out and talk like here and there, maybe once a year, mm-hmm. but not like I have the relationship with my other coaches. And you know, my gut instinct and feel is, and I know this because of instances that happened when I left. Um, <laughs> all right. I'm leaving to go to the draft. And I'll paint a picture for you. It's 2000, the spring of 2014, December 2013, right in there about December, January. I'm getting ready to make this decision on if I'm going to the NFL draft or I'm going to stay. And I found this out five years later from my dad. But my dad went and had a meeting with Kevin Sutton. And pretty much went to him man to man and was like, we'll take three million bucks and we'll stay for the next two years. And my dad says this is true as as today as he did when he told me. He laughed. He did the same thing that he did when Cliff Kingsbury asked him to be the highest paid offensive coordinator the year before. And Cliff would have stayed with me another year and we would have ran it back and gone for another one. Right. But he comes to someone, he asks him for X amount, someone, he had this ego about him that what we built we was all him right and then you start that next year okay i leave decide to go to the nfl this deal doesn't work kevin someone kind of blows us off we can do this without you type of vibe okay so the fall comes around 2014 a&m football season kenny hill is named our starting quarterback we win our first five games of the year we're five and oh we're top 10 in the country I ain't getting no love in the program. Yeah, because I'm thinking, I, I remember hearing it, and they talk about uh, Johnny who? Who? Because he had, he, I think South he had like, Carolina, five touchdowns, first oh, game of the season. Okay, okay. So you you, you remember hearing it also. So hold on, I want to make sure, I, wanna, I got a backtrack. Yeah, back it up. You said your dad went to Kevin Summers. Yep. And says for $3 million. We're staying for two more. Now, you do realize this is prior to NIL. I agree. This, this, so this is a, a backroom deal. Went on for 30, 40 years before. It was the same way that was happening when you was getting recruited back in the day. And you guys, you know, y'all, Texas A&M got money for I mean, Texas A&M, nobody got no money like Texas A&M. Y'all got the big dogs. Aggie ring, baby. Y'all got the big dogs. And so $3 million, if he had gone to any of the boosters and said, you know what? Johnny Dad said he'll stay for an additional two years. If we just break him off three mil. Just keep it in cash. Throw it somewhere. We'll get it later. We don't need it right now. Right. But for my security, if something happens for two years down the road. Right. And my dad did this without me knowing. And I ain't mad at him about it for right. nothing. It's right. the way the business worked back then. Right. There was a bag man. There was a bag man at LSU. There was a bag man at Bama. There was a bag man at every school. Right. Relationship. All right, there you go. Johnny Manziel with Shannon Sharp making the, uh, the Kevin Zumlin Spilling Zumlinac. the beans, huh? Spilling the beans. Hello, Rod Babers. What's up, brother? How are you? Thank you. I'm holding it down. I appreciate y'all. No problem. Sorry, I'm a little late. Uh, what uh, what so do you make Jimmy, of uh, Johnny, I Johnny heard, football? I came in on half of it. I, mean, I got the gist of it. He's basically saying that his dad went to A&M um, and requested the bat so that he Three would, million for yeah. two more years. Okay. Um, and Kevin Sumlin said, no thanks. I'm, I'm confused on the uh, when he talked about Cliff Kingsbury coming back for another year to, to get another one. What, are the, what is that, the Heisman? 
because I didn't yeah, win anything. I don't know. Yeah. Because you know, <laughs> the Mansell's talking like they won a national championship or something. Well, they won the Heisman. I think, he's talking about the, I think he's talking about the Heisman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, of course, yeah. he went off to the NFL. He got drafted by the Cleveland Browns, and that didn't go well. Did not go well. For Johnny Football, he wasn't ready for the NFL. Uh, Johnny continued to say he didn't know about it um, and was told later about the, okay. the bag offer or the bag deal. Um, but, yes, and to the point of Cliff Kingsbury, which look, essentially Johnny's throwing shade at Kevin Sumlin that Kevin Sumlin's ego got in the way of all them staying and, you know, well, keeping it I mean, rolling at Texas A&M. Those were the rules. Those were the rules. The rules were, you, I mean, I know he's right about the bag man, everybody having a bag man, but the rules were you're not supposed to pay players for a play. And, I mean, that's so, I I mean, I, I guess it's a shot at Kevin Sumlin. I don't think it makes Kevin Sumlin that look that, look that no, bad. It, no, no, exactly. I, I agree. Don't, I don't think, yeah, I mean, but maybe I'm wrong, but I don't necessarily no, he's trying think to throw, what I'm saying he's trying, he's trying to throw, he is personally trying to throw shade at Kevin Sumlin, like, for, yeah. for the Aggies. Hey, look, man, Kevin Sumlin prevented if us If you're from, mad about, yeah, if you're mad about the Aggie, kind of the uh, Aggie brand, dis, let's say disintegrating, but, you know, deteriorating after he left, I guess, that you could get mad at Kevin Sumlin for that. I, I don't. I don't think that was a bad story for him. I think it was an interesting story. I think you know. I mean, it, make, it makes a lot of sense. Remember the Cam Newton story back in the oh, day. Oh yeah. And, uh, you know, there's always a shady uncle somewhere around the corner. This time it was his dad. That story, I totally believe. Um, but I don't think it necessarily make Kevin Sumlin look that bad. Uh, yeah. He essentially alluded to to, Ky, to Ty's question that. Uh, you know, Cliff Kingsbury would have stayed as offensive coordinator if he were made the highest paid offensive coordinator in the country and not gone off to Texas Tech uh, to become the head coach, which he did. Uh, so, again, it's all J- Johnny's assertions. Yeah. Uh, all hearsay, I guess, at that point. But a uh, uh, little, little interesting college football conversation 10 years in, in, in retrospect with Johnny, yeah. Johnny Football on the, uh, the, the Shannon Sharp podcast there. Yeah, with NIL being the law of the land, you know, we know now that that story is not that shocking. And honestly, we've heard, man, so many stories like that back in the day. I mean, that, that was kind of the way it was done. He was right. That was the way business was done back in the day. That's why NIL was important to kind of bring, to, to provide a legal, upfront, above-board way for players to be compensated for their play. And NIL was the great compromise. And uh, it was a brilliant compromise, actually. Well, it really was. It, it's still got a, it's still got its issues. It's got know, issues, right? but you know, you got. I mean, that's you know, you'll get well, guardrails. There'll there'll be some federal legislation at one point to to, to have a uniformity with the with the with the process and the the laws. And they're working that out right now, right? There's a lawsuit yep. about uh, the NIL and whether they can forbid teams from offering NIL uh, offers and NIL deals prior to them becoming student athletes on campus. Um, right now, that's against NCAA. AA rules, but they're working that out too. And I, I'll say it, at this point, it, it, it's. I got. The, I think it's made. I don't think it's made college football worse. Some people would say it has. Sure. I don't think it has. But I'm, I'm coming from a player perspective. I wish it was around when I was a player. No, I know that these guys are. Well, getting, look. I mean, know, we, we can have the debate because NIL was name, image, and likeness, and the idea was you could capitalize on your name, on your image, and on your likeness. Yeah. And some people are doing that for sure. Uh, same time, the, the collectives and those things are you know, essentially just taking the slush fund and putting it on top of the table instead of under the table, right? Yeah, right. Uh, essentially what it is, which is, which which is, is good. good. It's yeah, better than it was. Exactly. It's better That's than it better was. better than it being shady. Um, <laughs> and, and now you need some guardrails on it and all yeah. those kind of things. But, yes, it's, it's taking it above board. And now players who are, are, are the product – who are creating this, you know, we just talked a minute ago about the, uh, the, the college football playoff and the discussions mm-hmm. of already going to 14. Um, well, uh, what, uh, Black Stradamus, what did I say yesterday? Yeah. What did I tell y'all yesterday? I said yesterday, I said, listen, when they, they want to expand this thing as soon as possible and as soon as they get the numbers back with the ratings and the money, they're going to be like, dude, let's expand it. Let's expand it. We yep. can make more money and we can get higher ratings. I, like I said, they call me Black Stradamus for a reason. I told y'all, they, they, they're already thinking about it. They're going to do it. As soon as they get a chance to do it, they need some proof now. It got shot down for other reasons, but I guarantee you that this thing's expanded. It ain't staying at 12. That's yeah. the damn joke. 14 on the table, 16 on the table. Yeah. Uh, and as we said, it's, staying at 12. Uh, it's 12 <laughs> for the next two years for sure. And then uh, they're trying to get an eight turn, trying to get essentially the next 10 years in the books is what they're trying to do. They want to do, they know what the next two years are, mm-hmm. but there's an eight year deal beyond that uh, with the TV networks that they're trying to put in front of them. Uh, so whether it's, Stays at 12 or goes to 14, goes to 16. 
exactly. is on the table. It's, uh, um, it's, it's like the NFL getting 18 games. It's inevitable. We just don't know the timeline of it. But like I said, it's, it's going to happen. And I guarantee it's going to happen sooner rather than later because the numbers are going to come back. And when the numbers come back and college football has doubled or tripled the amount of, 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 of games that are cracking the top 100 most watched programs in America, because right now they had three, they're going to probably have six, maybe even nine or so. Um, and then they see their dollars rolling in, they're definitely going to expand it. It's going to happen. That's good for college football. That's good. That's a good thing. Uh, we will take your thoughts. 512-447-3776 is Rod B. Join us. We'll come back, go behind the burn orange curtain, the return of Chris Gilbert to the Texas football program after just one year. Steve Sarkeesian uh, said he's been a very integral part of their pipeline into Dallas and, uh, and backing that up with a, with a rehire of Chris Gilbert. Uh, we'll get the other behind the BOC conversations, the 12-team, 14 or 16-team playoff. What say you? And, yes, it is National Margarita Day, National Margarita Day today. So if you're a fan of the Margs, um, as we said, it's going to be almost 90 degrees today in Austin, Texas. We'll hit about 87, 88 degrees in some parts. Get out there and get yourself a margarita. By the end of the program, we need our Mount Rushmore of margaritas, Rod. Where are they? Where is the uh, – your nominations for your favorite go-to margarita, whether it's a frozen on the rocks, where is it? By the end of the show, we'll have, we'll have four. Nice. We'll, we'll have the Mount Rushmore right. of uh, margarita location in Austin, Texas. Which one is the best on National Margarita Day? Getting warmed up on a, t- on a Thursday. Hook them up with Ian Rod B. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Yeah, National Margarita Day, this 22nd of February. Today's the day if you enjoy a great margarita. Apparently, according to a recent poll, 76% of Americans are in favor and like margaritas. Oh, yeah. Only, awesome. Only 7% have uh, full-on hatred. I'm not a big fan of tequila because of a bad incident in college. But, uh, you know, a great margarita, especially really good tequila with a margarita is great. So we're asking for your favorite spot to get a good margarita. Uh, this one is already in on the text line, 447-3776. El Dorado, house margarita on the rocks with salt. Thing of beauty. Mm. Uh, yeah. I mean, I like, I like margarita. I'm a frozen margarita man. You're a frozen guy. Well, I like the frozen over 67, there. you're in the year in the ma- majority, Rod Baker. Yeah, 67% people frozen, of people man. prefer frozen. Yep. Frozen's the way to go. I'm an on-the-rocks mm-hmm. guy. Ty's an on-the-rocks guy. My wife's a big on-the-rocks person. With tahini. Uh, over on frozen. A little tahini. Oh, nice. See, everybody's got their little little flavors and uh, what they're going with. But, uh, where, Ty, where's your favorite to go to? If you got to say, man, I need I need a Because you're not feeling great today, but you need a margarita. Where are you going? Um, but one of the more, I mean, there's, there's a, a million good places in Austin, but one of my new favorites is Taco Flats. They have really good drinks there. Taco Flats. And where would that be? Uh, there's a few of them in Austin. I think there's like three or four of them, but the, the one that I go to is off West, West Lynn. Nice. Okay. Uh, no, it's a good, good place and good food too. Uh, Taco Flats. Mm, I like that. So I'm sure there'll be okay. margarita specials and deals all over town today on National Margarita Day. Oh, ain't nothing wrong with that. Wherever you're going to be enjoying that. I saw this, though, Rod. They, uh, I, this surprises me. Margaritas are the third most ordered cocktail worldwide. Third most Doesn't ordered worldwide. Not surprising That, me. according to Bacardi's most recent global survey. Top five. This is where it got surprising. Top five. Gin and tonic. That's disgusting. Yeah. It's got to be a worldwide thing. But, I'm not uh, a gin, gin and tonic. Yeah. Mojito. Okay. Margarita. Margarita. Bloody Mary and whiskey and Coke. Okay. According to Bacardi's most recent global survey. So, mm-hmm. Margarita comes in at number three on the list. So, uh, there you go. Make a plan uh, to enjoy your margarita. We'll take your favorite spot. Uh, we'll put the Mount Rushmore of margaritas by the end of the show. This says Baby A's Purple Eater. People, people Eater no. Margaritas. No. What, what are They'll you, only 16 serve years you two. old? Come on. Yeah. yeah those are, yeah. oh, no. Those I don't are know if it's a margarita I enjoy, but I know the purpose of that margarita. It gets you blasted. Get, those yes. are disgusting. The, the purpose of that margarita is to just, yeah, to get right. Um, so I don't know if I, I don't know if I go to that margarita just to, you know, and the, the food, taste and of the it. And the food at Baby A's is bad, too. 
in my opinion. Okay. I don't. I, don't I haven't know. been to Baby A's in years. Yeah, but Gosh, that's the reason. Decades, actually. That Mar- yeah, no, Margarita is the reason. Senior year of high school, yeah. we, we'd go there all the time with all our little fake IDs. Right on Barton and, Springs, yes, right? Yes. Don't they allow you to have like two of those? Yeah. Two, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, it's the they, same they put thing a little Everclear in it too, I believe. Yeah. Oh. A little Everclear, which yeah. gives it the extra kick on top of the tequila. Mm-hmm. Uh, La Palapa on two ninety, best pour for intention. There you go. Uh, frozen all day, according to this one. So, <laughs> frozen yeah, we'll all day. Take your, uh, you don't really yeah, know Texas. how much you're getting in a frozen margarita, though. That's the one thing that bothers me. Well, yeah, I don't. that's all right. I'm good. I don't, I don't need to get what, plastered all the time. <laughs> I, just, I, just need a, I just need a nice buzz. I just want to relax. I don't need to, you know, I mean, tequila. Tequila will do its thing. Don't, be, don't test tequila. All right? You're good. Don't overpour. Yeah, don't tequila, overpour. As, as, as he knows, hey, man, you, tequila, if, you, if you, you don't treat tequila right, Hey man, it'll do you dirty. That was a spring break event. Let's not let's not relive that. Exactly. That was in Galveston. Oh man, you know how people are in Galveston. Right. According, exactly. According to Winston, island people. Yeah, exactly. You grew up near water. Well, the water. You get really drunk near water. Tell uh, me, like man. In Galveston, crazy things can happen. With so, tequila, uh, and I'm a tequila fan. I love tequila, no, but good. I know it can go badly for people. Especially a real good tequila, right? Oh, a real high end tequila. Yeah, just smooth. That you can just sip on the rocks, even if you needed to. Okay, so we'll take those. That'll be fun on a Thursday as we get you uh, kind of the, kind of the gateway to the weekend here on a Thursday afternoon, or Thursday morning, I should say, into this afternoon where it's going to be almost 80 degree, or almost 90 degrees. Uh, we're talking about the college football playoff, uh, which is interesting, uh, mm-hmm. obviously, with uh, the discussions up in Dallas to, to reset for folks who are just jumping in here uh, just a day after they approved the 12-team model, the 5-plus-7 model that we talked about yesterday, um, but approved for 2024 and 2025. Uh, Bill Hancock, the executive director, acknowledged yesterday that uh, the idea of a 14-team playoff was discussed yesterday uh, up in Dallas at their meetings, that they're ongoing. Um, CFP yep. officials are pushing to finalize the deal to consummate a television contract for the next eight years beyond 2025. The three lingering issues remaining unresolved are access, distribution of money, and governance. Hancock said the issues need to be resolved within the next month. So by, by, by the 1st of April, we will know uh, what the, the model is going to look like for the next 10 years, essentially, Rod. Um, because two years, we know the next two are 12. What the next eight years beyond that look look like? And as I mentioned, if they go to 14, the essential, the only difference from what we talked about yesterday, the five plus seven model, is would become a five plus nine model mm-hmm. with two additional at-large teams. Uh, the other change to that uh, form model, Rod, would be that the, instead of having the top four teams have the week off and get a bye, only two. The top two highest-ranked okay. conference champions would get the week off. The the numbers three and four would be playing on that first weekend on home sites. Yeah. Uh, so that you, there you'd have your you – know, you'd have 14 teams, which coincidentally or not is the same number of the NFL has uh, in their playoff tournament, mm-hmm. uh, 14. Exactly. Uh, and then you would have, uh, you know, six games, uh, you know, the first week – the two weeks after championship Saturday, uh, two teams would have a bye. So you'd have six games that weekend. And then, you know, two weeks later you'd have the, the quarterfinals, then semifinals, mm-hmm. then championship. So, yes, that's, uh, that would be the only difference, but it would add two more at-large teams, to which uh, the Big Ten and Tony Petiti, their commissioner, apparently pushing for. Um, he, he says, uh, you know, there's been a push, especially from the Big Ten, for an increase in the automatic qualifiers for the mm-hmm. CFP. Uh, Tony Petiti has made it clear that he values regular season and believes increasing automatic qualifier spots could assure that late-season games even have even higher stakes. He says, quote, we want fans to think that, uh, you know, that game in the second week of November, even if you've already lost two or three games, still has a lot of value. Batiti told ESPN yeah. last week, that's the goal. That yeah. is the goal. Yeah. And I'm yeah. telling you, it, I said it yesterday. I was like, it, 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 if, it makes, if it makes a lot of money, which we know it will, and it attracts a lot of eyeballs and the ratings are really high, which we all predict the ratings are going to be really high, they're gonna talk about expanding it. We're a value size. We're a value size in society, guys. We, we it's just capitalism. All right. If it's good, if it works, our idea is all right. Make it bigger. Let's do it. Let's do it bigger. Every NF, every professional, every professional league has expanded their playoffs. Why? They get higher ratings and they make more money. Yeah. And well, the, the college football is, is, is to be. They're basically following that model. They're gonna expand this thing as soon as they get proof that. Proof of you know that that it that it works right. Proof of concept that it works. As soon as they and they were already talking about it before. I mean, so they're going to do it. Well, I Just, think the proof of concept's already in, right? Based on the fourteen playoff and the ratings. Well, the one expanded like this. I mean, you're talking about three times that. This is uh, this is a it, it's a, well, I think a little different than the fourteen playoff. The fourteen playoff was just kind of I I, I don't think that was. The real proof, because I, I think this thing is going to expand to 16, or it's going to expand even more than that. I said that yesterday. 
this is proof of it that I was right. I'm telling you, they're going to expand it. The four team was that was small potatoes. That was not actually the, the proof of concept. Will be the twelve team. Well, Rod, they're going to be in, they're going to put a ten year deal in place in the next month. So they're not yeah. going to wait for proof of concept. Uh, they're going to they're going to put this thing and it, whether it's going to be twelve, fourteen, or sixteen. Um, they want an eight. They want a ten year locked in deal. Two already. And then eight more beyond it, uh, and that's as Bill Hancock says. We want this in the next month to have these decisions made. So I, I, I'm with you that I think that they they already know they're going to get great ratings on this thing when they get to it. Um, but it'll be interesting. But I, I'm I, look. The, the, I don't see a much difference in a 12 team versus a 14 team. I don't think it changes mm-hmm. too much. It just adds two more at-large bids, which, of course, the SEC and the Big Ten are going to hope go to them oh, or yeah. assume well, go to one of their teams. Yeah, they're going to win out. Yeah, no uh, they're, they're going to you know, reserve two more spots for a Big Ten team and an SEC team in this playoff. Uh, so, but I, look, I, it seems to by my reading of everybody that's covering this thing, from Dennis Dodd to Pete Thamel to all these folks, it's, they, they want this thing in place for the next 10 years starting you know, this year. So uh, the, there's not going to be a proof of concept as much as just, hey, let's, just, let's lock this thing in. What are we doing? We're doing 12. We're doing 14. Everybody put your cards on the table. Let's pick what we all think is best, and let's get this thing to the TV networks because the TV networks want to you know, go after it. If they want to expand it, they'll leave themselves basically a room in the agreement to expand it at right. one point. There will be some type of clause, and I think ultimately they know they don't want to stay at 12. So they'll stay at 12 for, I don't know, maybe – two, three, four years, and I think ultimately they will put in there that they'll go to 14 or they'll go to 16. Because they, I mean, that we, just, we also know they don't want to stay at 12. Right. We, uh, we well, know that. And everybody's going to lobby for their conference to have an opportunity to yeah. get more teams because uh, with more teams comes more money, more opportunity. It's, it's happening. Let's go behind the burn orange curtain. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain. All right, big news on uh, the 40 Acres. A lot of Longhorn fans are excited about it, as well they should be. Uh, Chris Gilbert is returning to Texas um, as the special assistant to the head coach. There was some talk originally that he was going to be the assistant general manager. Uh, that is not the case. Uh, he is going to be the special assistant to the head coach. Remember, you could, he had three of those last year so you can have as many as you want i'm assuming and he's coming back in that role which means you know pretty much any task or any you know uh specific area of any phase of the game that sark uh, kind of appoints him to or delegates him to he can take care of that i'm assuming it'll a lot of it will be in the kind of front office department now of texas you know, with Brandon Harris as the general manager, that he will help in recruiting. I mean, one of his obviously big assets as a um, a coach or as you know, special assistant to the head coach will be his connections to DFW and to Dallas. Uh, he's a made man in that area because of his time as the head coach at Lancaster and what he did. And originally, he was at Texas um, helping out Sark in in that capacity. And I think him coming back now just solidifies that even more. You. We've talked about this on uh, Owen Texas football. You have to, at this point, nationalize your recruiting model, especially going into the SEC. You can see Sark doing that with the way that he's built the coaching staff. But now he, he understands there are certain pockets that you have to have um, majority share, majority market share of, <laughs> like DFW, like Houston, Central Texas now, that's your backyard. And as Sark says, he sees Houston to Beast Texas to Louisiana all as one recruiting region. And essentially that's, that's what he's doubling down on, bringing back a guy like Chris Gilbert because a DFW, I mean, talking about in terms of draftable NFL talent, I mean, it's among the top three best metro areas in the country for producing NFL talent. Houston's also in your, in your top six. I mean, that is that though you've got to dominate, not dominate, but you have to have majority share of those pockets in Texas. And he's making sure of that. In addition to nationalizing the model, recruiting more in Georgia, recruiting more in Florida, recruiting more in Louisiana, per capita, these are the – SEC, uh, you know, very SEC fertile recruiting grounds. Alabama is in there too, and Sark is starting to recruit those areas. So it's a smart move, uh, bringing back Chris Gilbert. You know, he 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 most recently was at North Texas. I believe he was a 
tight ends coach at North Texas, and now coming back to University of Texas, he can help Texas in, in many, many different areas. I mean, high school relations, you can throw him out there for recruiting. I'm sure he can help overall in evaluations. I think he, you know, it, it seems like he wants to be an actual coach. Um, so, you know, he can't, I know he's, he's limited on what he can do in terms of coaching, um, but maybe Texas is keeping him on the staff in case, you know, you've had a lot of coaches leave, which is a good thing. It means your your model is, 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 you know, at least a lot of people covet your model. They're looking at it. They want to replicate it. So they're bringing in coaches um, that you've had on your staff, like a Brendan Marion and a Jeff Choate, and maybe he's anticipating, hey, we lose another coach. I like Chris Gilbert. I can bring him in as a position coach too in the future. So. It's a good move. It's a really good move bringing in Chris Gilbert and bringing him back. It's interesting that it uh, only took one year. I mean, I thought I mean, the idea, the, the immediate thought is he wants to be an on-field coach, right? That's, and uh, yeah. as a former high school coach himself. Seemed like that. And uh, went to went to one year at North Texas with Eric Morris and and jumping right back in. Obviously, you know, this was his. He favored this over that. Yes, he did. And I'm Seems assuming it's a it's a, it, you know it, it's that ambiguous special assistant to the head coach tag. But uh, pretty clearly, Sark, even just this past, you know, early February in the news conference, you heard Sark speak glowingly about yep. uh, uh, Chris Gilbert. And, you know, they have a great relationship. Jeff Banks and Chris Gilbert have a really, really close relationship. That's important, too. Uh, and, you know, obviously, Sark has a plan for how he wants Chris Gilbert to come in and help, help him in the front office and help him uh, on this staff. Yeah. Um, and I, like I said, I wouldn't doubt if it's something in the future. I mean, we talk about this with Brandon Harris. Like, why did Brandon Harris, if he wanted to be a coach, why did he pass up on Sean McVay's offer? <laughs> to be, you know, to be a, uh, an assistant uh, quarterback coach, right? Why would you pass that up when he could put you on a meteoric rise through the coaching ranks? Um, maybe, you know, there are conversations being had behind the scenes about, hey, man, I, I just like having you on my staff. I think you're valuable. Uh, we will find a place for you. You're a good football mind. You think like, and remember Sark said they were like-minded and everything. I wouldn't doubt if he just likes the contributions from Chris Gilbert. And like you said, this it's a very vague uh, kind of criteria for what the special assistant does and their, their roles and their responsibilities. I think he just kind of likes having him on staff, and Chris Gilbert obviously likes having him there. He likes to be there. And that DFW, like I said, you can't put a really a, – you can't quantify it and put a – and really put a value on that connection. Like he's a made man in that area. There's not a door he can't get in. There's not a coach that won't pick up his call. And, that, and there's not a coach out there that won't drop him, you know, insider knowledge on great players too. So that's a big part of it. But I wouldn't doubt in the future if you do see him in an on-field capacity. Nobody saw Brandon Harris as a general manager. And he stuck around for a reason um, because he saw himself in some bigger role here at Texas. And then Sark let us know, yeah, I've, I've liked him. I've been basically grooming him as a, you know, a front office mind. I Maybe Chris Gilbert is also in some capacity just being back here. He's got a plan for him. That could be the case. Yep. Well, he's back after just one year away, and uh, spring practice will start on March 19th, and off they go to the spring game April 20th, and obviously building for what is uh, uh, hopefully a, a really quality 2024 yeah. season uh, and maybe, maybe a spot in that playoff. We'll see as we talk about the 12-team playoff and then what it playoffs. might become as well. Uh, Rod's with Behind the BOC. Let's come back with some what the facts, including some NFL draft chatter. Also the other facts of this uh, busy Thursday on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. It's National Margarita Day, also National Chili Day, Rod. You said you had chili oh, over the weekend. Chili early. Yeah, it was, oh, it's fantastic chili. Wifey makes good chili. It's yeah. good stuff. Oh, wow, these national days fall on top of each other. Can't chili we get and separate? margarita. Chili that, and margarita. Uh, you know what? You, you can do that together. I'm not. Yeah, you can do that. Uh, you know, I've got my polls, Rod. I mean, the uh, according to this one, uh, the most common food ordered with a margarita is a cheeseburger. That's strange. Is that right? I would have thought that had been queso yes, or chips something, and salsa or something. something Tex-Mexy. You yeah. know what I mean? That's interesting. A burger and yeah. margarita. Yeah, cheeseburgers are the top food we likely order with a frozen margarita. I don't think there's anything that – I don't think – I think a margarita goes with everything. I think you're right about that. I don't that. know if there's a food genre you know, that I would just order a margarita with and be like, you know what, let's keep it moving. Maybe Italian food. You Maybe Italian. They do it with Italian you, food. You know what I mean? But anything else. Big plate of spaghetti and a margarita. And yeah, a, that's not going to make it. Yeah. All right. We'll come back. We'll hit some <laughs> what the facts. We're uh, rolling on on hour one of our five-hour Thursday conversation on Hook 'em Up. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook 'em Up. 1019 AM 1260. The Horn.
Hook them up on a Thursday. Time for What the Facts. And uh, we're also asking for your favorite go-to margarita spot on National Margarita Day. Uh, here's one of uh, on a text line, 512-447-3776. Julio's Frozen, El Chile Frozen, Polvos by the Pitcher. El Chile. And Hank's Spicy Margarita. Okay. Nice job. Appreciate that. Gil's Margarita at Maudie's is the bomb. Yep. I yep, uh, heard yep. that. Yeah, Gil's Margarita at Maudie's. I'm a fan of Maudie's. Good spots all over town. That's a, that's a good one. All mm-hmm. right. So we'll take those. Um, Honestly, I think Chewy's has a good margarita. I think Chewy's frozen margarita is pretty damn good. It's a good mark. Hey, hey, Ty, you're the uh, the liquor specialist. Um, what do we have? The liquor. Well, what specialist. would you define a uh, a Mexican martini? Is that kind of like a margarita? Uh, I mean, it's just like a martini, but with tequila. Right, exactly. So, but it is okay. It's not a so it's not a margarita. And lime. It's, it's it's completely different than a martini. Now that I think about, it. I think it's just the olive juice that. Yeah. At martinis. They, I, I mean, I so I always get the Mexican martini at Matt's El Rancho. And I don't even like it. It's kind of like the same deal with baby A's. It's, you drink two of them. I don't them. even like it. I drink two of oh, them. Wow. I'm, good, I'm good for – that's a good pregame for the rest of the night. Good pregame. That could be sign of a problem, Ty. If you're drinking well, things no, you I'm don't not. even like I don't, just, for, I don't, the, just I drink, for the hard buzz. Yeah, I'm not, I drink don't. maybe one night a week, mm-hmm. and it's a Saturday or Friday. Kidding. I'm just kidding with you. It's not the hey, summer can, the summer of Deep Eddie anymore for me. I'm slowed down. Summer of Deep Eddie. And he's got a girlfriend. And he's got a girlfriend. And she says she's a good influence on him. That's there a good go. thing. That's a good she's thing. She's a good influence on him. Hey, uh, what's it's the good. facts, Rod? I mean, uh, we've been talking about the NFL draft, and we've talking about the draft all the way to April, last weekend of April, when the draft actually happens. Uh, I was looking at some numbers here, Rod, because you talked yesterday on behind the Bernard's Court of how many Longhorns could end up in the first round potentially, right? Uh, oh, yeah. Could be three. It could, could be two, be, could be four. Could be, I mean, right now, they're four guys trending, at least, yeah. in that direction. Well, yeah. I'll say this, Rod. Do you, you obviously know the position at Texas has had the most first-round draft picks. Mm-hmm. DBU. DBU? 14 all-time first-round defensive backs drafted out of Texas. 14, Rod. I like that. That's pretty good. That's uh, pretty good. I like that. The, the most recent was Kenny Vaccaro in 2013, all the way back to 1948 with Max Bumgarner. It was a first-round <laughs> draft pick. How do you like that? I like that. Do you That's know the good. position that, that actually – because as long as I've never had a kicker drafted in the first round, but nobody's ever yeah, had a kicker Yeah, nobody's drafted. had a kicker. But the position the, the in the history of Texas football, which position has never had a player drafted in the first round? Oh, um, dude, that's a good question. It's got to be tight end? It's tight end. Jatavion yeah. Sanders could crack the code if he finally sneaks into the first that's round. That's pretty good. I like that. He no could. Texas tight end has ever been drafted. Yeah, it's hard to be round. a tight end and get drafted in the first round. Anyway. How many tight ends go in the first round? Like two? Anyhow, yeah. Maybe. In general. It's, yeah, it's going more and more trendy, but, man, you go back over the history of the draft, that just wasn't It just considered. doesn't happen a lot. Yeah, it's not one of those, those valued positions, but you're right. I think more and more you're likely to see it. Um, because of hell, all the teams that were playing late in the NFL season all had really good tight end play. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think you're right about that. That's, that's interesting. I like that. JT could be the first. How about DBU, that? DBU baby. Hey, DBU. DBU baby. with 14. They, they call it DBU for a reason. I would also say that you know there've been a lot of running backs out of Texas drafted in the first round. Bijan yep. most recently, uh, five Brooks. all time uh, in the first round. If Jay Brooks would have gotten hurt, he would have had a chance to do it. I agree Considering now where he is on everybody's board, he's the top running back, and it's not even a question. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. But uh, all-time, this is why it's interesting in the next year's draft, if Quinn Ewers could be the first pick or a top-five pick next year. Yeah. Texas has only had three quarterbacks ever drafted, in the, or two, Vince Young and Bobby Lane. That's it. Quinn would be the third. Wow. That is – yeah, I mean, make, it, it does make sense. We haven't had a lot of quarterbacks. And that, that, that's another piece of, of why you're, you're excited about where Steve Sarkeesian has this program tracking. I mean, they could have you know yeah. two first-round picks out of their quarterback room right now. Right if now. You're talking about Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning, if yeah. you project. Back-to-back <laughs> first-rounders. <laughs> yeah. And they haven't had one since 06, and they've only had two all-time. Two all-time. Damn. He could have two in, two in like three cycles. Well, just let you know how good. I mean, I, I guess I got to go back and see about you know the, uh, you know how many games they won back in the day with Bobby Lane. But I got to tell you, with Vince Young, I mean, we know when you have a quarterback of that ilk, you win a lot of games. And we're talking about you know the eleven, twelve games uh, when you have a quarterback that good. So um, we'll see. I mean, Quinn's got a chance to go one one. He's got a chance to be the first quarterback off the board. Um, that would be quite an accomplishment. There you go. Yeah. What the facts, Rod? Good. What you got? Um, speaking of uh, quarterbacks, actually, I saw this little stat that uh, shows you why J.J. McCarthy may be rising up draft boards. Ooh. 
How about this? Um, on third and seven plus yards to go, that's you know that's basically third and long. Um, he converted 48% of his third and seven plus yards to gain seven or more yards to gain money down um, opportunities. Yeah, in 2023, he has the third highest, uh, basically third highest score or grade from Pro Football Focus on those money downs on record. So, I mean, that's one of the things that they're looking at right now is that when they needed it, because you're right, Michigan essentially relegated him to being a game manager. When they needed it, uh, he, was, he was as good as any quarterback in the country on those money downs. And now they're going back and looking at J.J. McCarthy's money down presence, and his draft stock is booming. At this time, booming. It's booming. Yeah, booming. That's one of the reasons. In case you've been wondering, like, man, why is he talking about JJ McCarthy? That's one of the reasons. Uh, all right, Rod. What the facts? How about this? Last night down in uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, Inter Miami, in the MLS, opened the MLS regular season for 2024, and Lionel Messi uh, assisted on a goal and helped to set up a second goal and a two-nil win mm-hmm. for Inter Miami. How about this, Rod? What about impact since signing Lionel Messi last summer? Inter Miami, the franchise has seen its value grow from $600 million to $1.03 billion. Billion, with a B. In about eight months. Mm-hmm. Generated a record $120 million in revenue. They've gone from 1 million Instagram followers to $16 million. That's crazy. They signed a jersey deal with Royal Caribbean. They signed a stadium deal with J.P. Morgan Chase. I think that was a wise investment. It was a great Pretty smart. investment. Pretty smart. It was a brilliant <laughs> investment. And, they, I mean, they're the odds-on favorite, I'm sure, to win MLS this year, right? Eh? Yeah, well, they, MLS would want that, too. Uh, I think it had to be. Well, I mean, would you would you put your money on anybody else? I, I think, think LAFC so. is still better. <laughs> LAFC, I mean, there, there's some really quality teams out there. Austin FC, we'll find out what type of team they have this year. They're going to open up year number four here in Austin tomorrow. Um, tomorrow night. Tomorrow Q2 Stadium. Oh, nice. There you go. So where they have that new train line open that'll take you right up to the to the front of the stadium now mm-hmm. on the rail. If you yeah. want to roll on in there to see some soccer this season that uh, begins tomorrow night with Minnesota United in town. Beautiful. I like that. By the way, speaking of pro sports, I, I got a, I got a little, little, little story to tell you about next hour. Could uh, Central Texas be a Major League Baseball city? You've been talking about this for now there's, years now. There's, now. Now there's an actual conversation to be had, my friend. It's a lot. I mean, we've been talking about this for a while, though, right? Yeah, but now there's actually uh, uh, Major League Baseball has put it atop its list, potentially, mm, for okay. spots. We'll get you details on that coming up. Plus, Rod will get us the first rant of this Thursday morning, National Margarita Day. You're taking your all-time favorite spots for a great margarita. Tonight is your night. Uh, we'll reset those headlines, including the college football playoff conversation is ongoing. Plus, Texas women's basketball made it seven straight last night, but Vic Schaefer wasn't happy about it. They won the game, but he didn't like it. Hey, you, play, you got to play to a standard, man. That's exactly right. We're all, all over on top of all of those stories on Hook Up with Ian Rumpy.